Welcome to another episode of Routes Through Pokemon Adventures. I'm your host, Shaylock. I'm Ruby. I'm Rosella. I'm Vava. Uh, and this week we have a very special guest. Frank Future. Alright, well, Frank Future has been a long time friend of mine. And so since this is your first time here today, Frank, let's uh, get to know you a little bit, huh? Or I'll let the audience get to know you since I already do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... I really started playing Pokemon, or getting involved in Pokemon from the beginning, um, when they released the games, and my brother and I, we each got a version of Red and Blue, and got to play those, but kind of, you know, right along that same time frame, we got introduced to your and your brother's uh, Pokemon card shop out of your <laughs> out of your window there at, uh, at the apartments that we lived at, and, you know, I was just hooked right in. You know, and that from that point on, collected cards as much as I could. And, you know, my brother and I, we continued to get any new game that came out. He would get one and I would get one and just continued our journey from there. Alongside that, I also watched the anime a lot um, while it was airing. You know, when new episodes would air, I would try to be there after school watching any new episode that I could. I was really into it uh, for a while. And then... Um, you know, into my, you know, adult years, I met my wife and she also was pretty into Pokemon. And so it kind of worked out that at that point we would continue getting the games that would come out. She would get one and I would get one and we'd play alongside each other, trade Pokemon that were game exclusive. Right, just, right. You know, every year we would get the new ones, um, play through them. I had stopped getting cards for a little while, but then, you know, a little bit later in life I came back to it and started buying more cards just for fun and... <laughs> You know, uh, getting packs, it's always fun to open new packs and see what you could get. The, you oh. know, the the rush of, you know, which type are you going to get when your favorite Pokemon or maybe a rare card or super Absolutely. Card, you know, or something like that. Watching the anime later in life when streaming services came around, we, um, my wife and I went through almost every season of the show um, that we could. Some of the more recent ones haven't quite caught up on those, but... Uh, yeah. Well, you're further along than I am then, because I've seen some Orange Islands, I've seen Indigo League, and I think, well, that's not true. I've seen some ha here and there episodes of, like, Pokemon Journeys and stuff on Netflix, because the kids watch it. Oh, sure. Yep. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I stand today. Still play the games, you know, when I can. Um, collect cards every so often, but definitely keep up with it. Sure. Have you beaten every... Uh, at least one game from every gen? Yeah, the only one that I... So I actually, hilariously enough, got to the very end of Sword and Shield, and for whatever reason, I didn't cross the finish line. I think maybe another game came out or something like that. that <laughs> I, and I just I should just do that tonight. I'm going to go back and finish Probably it. just playing Breath of the Wild or something yeah, silly. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> And, but the most recent one, Scarlet and Violet, I'm I'm only partway through. Sure. I've only had a few hours invested into that one so far. When you say the finish line of Sword and Shield, what, what like where whereabouts are you? I uh, guess if I remember correctly, I beat all every gym leader. Okay, so you beat the eight gyms. Yes, but then I didn't. Uh... So you haven't progressed past that point. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because I hear that there is even more after you think that you've finished that. Oh, <laughs> that I there's more it. story to go back to. Yep. Oh, uh, as far as like the beginnings, then uh, you had like blue or red, and your brother had the other, right? Yep, that's um, right. What were your guys' starters then? Yeah, so I started with Bulbasaur. 
Sure. Um, I think he started with Squirtle, actually. Um, oh, I of think course. I, you know. Um, so you chose Bulbasaur well, so you could beat him. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, he had blue and I had red. Okay. And I think he just picked Squirtle because he had the blue one. And sure. I just, for whatever reason, I didn't want Charmander. I, I, you're, um, I'm with you. Yep. That's not my first choice. So I and I picked Bulbasaur. You know, I definitely didn't want to pick the same one that he did. I wanted a different path, and um, I liked Bulbasaur from the beginning. And I would say even to this day, he's probably my favorite. You know, um, there are plenty cooler Pokemon if you want to say that. Sure. But, sure. Um, you know, Bulbasaur is a special place. Yeah. So is uh, continuing from there? Did you? always go with grass starters or did you switch it up at all yeah i really continued the trend of picking the grass starters um you know unless there was one you know nowadays you can look up you know hey what does the final evolution look like that does influence (laughs) you know is it cool is it weird you know and you know so sometimes maybe but for the most part i've always selected the grass cool so is that your favorite just type in general? Because, um, I mean, there's the three star types always, but then you have, you know, dark and ghost and psychic. and Yeah, I think I think grass is probably my favorite type. Um, I, you know, I'd maybe consider myself a grass trainer in general. Sure. I do think, you know, some of the cooler Pokemon in general are maybe dragon. You know, there's some you know, some cool dark Pokemon, uh, you know, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say, I would say grass. All right, cool. I'm not even sure anymore. I used to have a opinion on that, but I've I've definitely been leaning towards a lot more grass Pokemon myself lately. Especially when I like uncovered the that Leafeon existed and stuff. I'm like, actually, I like this Pokemon a lot. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. if you, you I'm sure you've listened. I'm a big Eevee fan in oh, my yeah. evolutions. Although I do really like the shiny version of Umbreon oh, with the blue markings. So cool. So cool. Yeah. So, but also, um, you know, in recent years, I came out with Pokemon Go, and I mm, was. Yep. A player of that from launch day. I remember reading about that game coming out, and so I was ready for it and played it from day one. I've played it every single day since. I, I really think it's been every day that I've opened that game since then, and that's I don't know what six or seven years ago or something. When I it think first it came launched. out in 2016. Ah, uh, yes, so eight almost. Yeah, summer of 2016. So um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and so I've played that avidly, and I've got you know a lot of my decks um and you know i was a big shiny hunter Mm. in that game that was a a big thing i uh, it's always exciting to find them yeah early early on i tried to you know catch every pokemon that i could to complete the pokedex and that's really fun you know right away when new pokemon come out yep you know um but what kept me coming back was trying to find those shiny pokemon I totally get that. Yeah, for me, I was like, oh, well, I caught every, just about everything I can, and the ones I can't, they're either locked behind a raid, or I just, and I'm just not strong enough or high enough levels, or whatever. I'm just like, eh. And so, like, it dwindles, especially with, like, when winter shows up and stuff, right? So my first year, like a lot of people probably, 2016, summer, played a lot. Winter came around, and I'm like, eh, fell off the wagon for a bit. Kind of picked it up in spring, summer, and then, it, but it was less. <laughs> yeah. And then I just quit for a couple of years. And I was excited when they started introducing even cooler ideas and concepts into the game, giving it more uh, depth and everything. Yeah, and I, I was really lucky where I worked at the time. I had access to gyms and Pokestops right so right nice. there from my That's desk. So, nice. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I'd take a little break, you know, flip the game on, see what's going on. And so I could maintain... You know, getting the items, fighting right. the gyms. And that's important, raid, too. You know, yeah. without really having to go anywhere. Yeah, my work currently, 
there's a there's a gym and a Pokestop not far away, but just far enough yeah. away. <laughs> and it tortures me. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I really want to go out there and go get it. <laughs> but I do go through a downtown area near a college campus, and there are tons of gym. Well, like a handful of gyms, and tons of Pokestops, right? So like on my way into work, on my way out of town, I can hit all those. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good when you have that availability. Yeah. You know, it keeps you wanting to keep playing. Yeah, yeah. it does. Oh, with with the beginning of Pokemon Go, I didn't really do a lot of Pokemon leading up to it. Like, I had, that was somewhere in that big gap of me not touching really anything Pokemon related. And I had friends that were super excited about it. They would post on, like, Facebook and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's coming out. Oh, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, I don't, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, it was probably a week into its release. And people were still talking about it and everything. And I'm like, that excitement generate, started generating excitement in me. I'm like, well, maybe I, should, maybe I could check this out. And then, of course, yeah, I was hooked for a while. And <laughs> yeah, the, the beginning of it was, I think a lot of people liked it and were a little turned off by it. Because there were, um, I guess you could say, like ways to cheat. Uh, mm, there used yes. to be... There used to be maps that would tell you which Pokemon was going to spawn where. Yes, and, I did know about that. And so, you know, um, my wife and I and my brother-in-law, we would go into the city. <laughs> and uh, it was it used to just be packed. You know, it could be, you know, 10 o'clock at night. And there would be a few hundred people that were in a park in the city. Because that's, you know, where the, you have the most condensed Pokestops and yeah. gyms and things. Um, is where the most pokemon would spawn and so i'll just never forget you know someone would say something like oh dragonite's gonna be you know two blocks down and then all of a sudden 300 people start running <laughs> two blocks down the road in the city for the dragonite to spawn and they're all standing there trying to catch it that's awesome i'll never forget there was the the first dragonite that did spawn that was a real life example i went through 100 pokeballs and didn't catch it Ooh. you know and because originally you know, some of the, I think it's a bit higher odds now to catch to catch Pokemon, and you didn't have as much access to the Great Balls and the Ultra Balls as right. easily as you do now. And I went through over 100 regular Pokeballs, didn't catch it, but my wife and my brother-in-law did, and I was devastated. Oh, <laughs> just had to, had to click that escape button, just run away from it, couldn't get it. So. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I, yeah, I've not been caught without having pokeballs in a long time now <laughs> maybe honestly i start groaning when i'm like "Ooh, i'm out of regular pokeballs because i've been throwing them like crazy i only have like a hundred great balls and like a hundred and some like ultra balls there was a point where i had like 300 of each of those or whatever yeah. or maybe even 400 and my, my wife doesn't expand her bag as much as i do so she's like oh no you only have what 300 pokeballs total <laughs> i got 50 <laughs> and i like those it gives me comfort yes. that i know that i can throw these and be okay exactly what if a big event happens now exactly. you're ready exactly yeah. you never know <laughs> i remember too with pokemon go too we would just be like i'd go to get gas and stuff and you would see people like i because i played enough that i could recognize when they're walking in with their phone i'm like oh i see the i see i see what they're playing yeah oh they're or they're moving their finger around there's they're, they're throwing a pokeball <laughs> It was a big deal. It was. It was huge. Uh, you you mentioned Bulbasaur being a big one for you. Is that your favorite Pokemon of all Pokemon then, or do you have a, a different favorite Pokemon? Yeah, I would. I would have said Bulbasaur, and, and I probably still would say Bulbasaur is my favorite. But it's really more nostalgia. Like sure, I, 
I would say, especially with being more exposed to like shinies, because originally I didn't, I never knew that shiny Pokemon was a thing. Sure, you know, sure, I sure. I'm sure maybe I encountered one in my years playing the games in my youth and never realized it, mm-hmm. you know. But once I got more exposed to it, like I really like like shiny Rayquaza. Oh, okay. Black, you know the, the the shade of black and gold, and you know it's powerful. That's I would say that's one of my favorites. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I probably would say though, like if I had to pick, like hey, right now pick your favorite, I'd probably still pick Bulbasaur. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I I do like some specific shiny ones that are just really cool looking. Like obviously Umbreon one, Greninja super cool with its black, and recently with the Rowlet Community Day, I got a bunch of shiny Rowlets and stuff. And the shiny Decidueye is really cool to me too. I really oh, like the yeah. look of him. <laughs> yeah, some of them can look really cool. Some of them are maybe you don't notice, like Pikachu is just a different shade of yellow and Flareon. You yeah. barely can tell. Yep, can't barely tell, but. I think having the those versions as an option just make them much more exciting. Yeah, and shiny was introduced in gold and silver, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, I I can't remember when it was introduced. Honestly, like, I, thought, I thought that's where it started. I could be wrong. But yeah, I honestly don't remember. I know it's pretty early in the life of Pokemon. It yeah, was, it was. Early. It was really early. I, I think, just can't remember if it was in red and blue or not. I I don't think it was, but. The red and blue, no. Well, yeah. there's no color in red and blue. But it would be denoted, <laughs> like, when you look at it, the Pokemon's stats, you'd see, um, you could see the stars. Sure, but there would be, like, like they, wouldn't wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done anything with yeah. it because there's no different you color. You wouldn't thing. have noticed Right. Yeah. But, like, I, but with Arceus, I've definitely got shiny in there. There's a cool sound that plays when they show up, too, on the, on the world or whatever. So I've definitely got at least a shiny Pokemon or two in that game. Definitely Pokemon Go. It seems yeah. the easiest place. Yeah. I don't think I've ever caught any other shinies so far in anything else. Yeah, the only one that I know of that I caught was in Let's Go. Okay. Um, I caught a shiny Meowth. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. but there there was kind of a little bit of a trick in the game. Not a glitch or anything, but like in that game, if you catch the same Pokemon over and over again without failure, you get a streak. Yeah, I've heard there's some things like that in a few different games yeah. that do different things to help you with that. And then it increases the likelihood that a shiny would spawn. And that's what happened. Because I think there's something to do with that with the cooking in well, maybe both Scarlet Violet and Sword and Shield to help you find shinies to some extent. I don't know all the information. But in Sword and Shield, I'm super annoyed because Rosella got a shiny Rookadee almost right off the bat of the game. Like, one of the first Pokemon she caught was a flippin' shiny Rookadee. Did I get any shiny Pokemon throughout the entire thing? No. Nothing. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks for letting us know more about you, Frank. And uh, Yeah, thank you for letting me join you. Yeah. In your route through Pokemon. <laughs> yes, our route through Pokemon. Alright, so we'll get into the episodes now. This week we are covering, I guess you could say anime stuff, but... Our first theatrical release of Pokemon content, Pokemon the first movie, and some surrounding stuff around there. So we have a Pikachu short that aired with the movie called Pikachu's Vacation, I believe. And we also have something that was released later attached to uh, the return of Mewtwo, and that is the birth of Mewtwo, which chronologically takes place before Mewtwo strikes back. The thing is sad. But before we totally jump in, is there anything anybody wants to share about what's been going on in their own adventures with video games lately, or cards, or or any other anime stuff? 
because I know some of us have been watching other things as well that are more recent. Well, I'm pr- like Frank Future brought a bunch of cards and we opened a bunch of stuff. Yep. He brought us some cool cards. Yeah, Frank brought some gifts on his visit. That's why he gets to be on the podcast because he he paid his way with Pokemon. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got a My Flareon from him. What'd you get? I got a Flareon where it's like the picture and they just put the words on the picture instead of like having mm-hmm. their separate spaces. Yeah, I got a cool art Eevee and then I also opened a pack. Nice, nice. Anything exciting in your packs? I got a Trutini, I think. Oh, that's fun. I got a Fuecoco. I got a double and I'm trying style. To, and I'm trying to collect all the starters from games and stuff. Oh, that's right. So. You also got the uh, final evolution of... I think Quaxwell? No, Quaxwell is the second evolution. I got a EX of the final evolution of Fuecoco. Yeah, for Alligator, I think. No, that's oh. that's Totodile, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Skelleridge. Skelledurge? Something like that. <laughs> Are you not familiar with Scarlet and Violet? Not as much. <laughs> as far as the anime stuff, I don't know if you, if I've even talked about it, but we definitely finished that um, four-parter, the Paldean Wins little mini cartoon. Yeah, Paldean Wins. Have you watched that at all? Like, Breathe Out, Breathe In, and something else. Yeah, there's like breathe out, breathe in, take a breath, and I don't remember. There was... Stop breathing. <laughs> stop, stop breathing and die. <laughs> <laughs> but the first three highlighted different characters with their different starter Pokemon uh, from the Paldean region. Okay. The um, first one was sort of confusing, but funny. Ruby didn't like it at all because she couldn't figure out what was going on because it, it chopped up the episode into different... Like, you kept getting moments of, like, flashbacks to something else and other flashbacks to another point and then kind of what's going on in the present and it was hard for her to keep track of when things were happening. Well, I didn't even know that that's what they were doing. I was right. so confused. I didn't know until the end. So so she doesn't like those kinds of puzzle shows. Okay. <laughs> they're they're my thing. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> well, maybe if I knew what they were doing, but I had no clue what was going on. You have to go back and watch them. But we also went and watched... Um, the Hisuian Snow series with that Zerua. Do you remember that? Did you watch that with me? I know some people did. I don't know what you're talking about. Where the kid's on the boat on back on the way to like Jubilife Village with his dad and we get flashbacks to when he was a kid at the edge of the forest and exactly. the shiny Zerua's there. That was fun. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Did you not watch that? I don't think so. Oh, you probably were gone. That's probably why we picked some random yeah. Pokemon shorts to watch. That's why we watched it, because she wasn't there. And then I'm really excited. I think it's now next month that we're supposed to be seeing um, the new series, uh, Pokemon Horizons, now that Ashes series is over. Yep. It looks cool. I'm excited to watch it. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. There's an airship. can't go wrong with an airship right (laughs) yeah that's about all I think new going on for me anything else no alright well let's dive into the show then so we'll start with uh, probably Pikachu's vacation it was fun it was weird it was Um, fun it was weird so so for me for me it was really confusing when the kids started watching uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution which is the remake of the movie because I remember going to theaters to see the first movie Me too. and I remember there being these moments in the movie that were just super bizarre like 
you would think you were on drugs or something. And when they were watching Evolution, I'm like, I can't picture where those scenes would have been in the plot of this movie, because I didn't necessarily remember the plot that well. And then I went back and watched the original, and I'm like, there's nothing here. I was I was like, where is all this bizarre psychedelic stuff? And I'm like, I just recently rewatched Pikachu's Vacation, and now I remember <laughs> it wasn't there. Because <laughs> they have, like, scenes or whatever, and then they have this... Like, one of them's Chansey rolling around, one of them's Farfetch'd running. Yeah, but it's not like, just one Chansey, it's like multiple, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Like a kaleidoscope of the Pokemon. Just, or like the first one was like Bellsprout, two of them, or the one, but into melding together in wavy forms. It was kind of like the, the interrupted segments of scenes in like um, that 70s show, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good reference. Right, right. But yeah, so it was always between like moments of the episode. So, as far as the show goes, how did it start off? They were being dropped off at some like Pokemon resort area mm-hmm. that people weren't allowed in. It looked like. Yeah, there was yeah. no people there. Yeah, and everyone dropped off their Pokemon at the same time. It just so happened to be that you know Team Rocket dropped off their Pokemon at the same time that Ash and Brock and well, Misty dropped off. I mean, Team Rocket's following them all the time, so it's not too surprising, That's I guess. <laughs> Maybe they were going into an area where they weren't allowed to carry Pokemon, so they had to drop the Pokemon off somewhere. Could be. I don't know where that would be, but maybe. <laughs> and, like, it's fine. Like, it makes sense that there's plenty of other people that might have dropped them off at different times. Because there was one group that does arrive later, it seems. And that's the the rival group of the episode. Yep. But then Togepi was having a conniption fit. We learned that it gets very baby-like when it's hungry. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out a way to soothe it. And they yeah. got it to sleep. They almost got an apple for it, and then Psyduck just comes along and eats it. Oh, that's right. I love Psyduck. (laughs) What do you think about Psyduck? Uh, Comic relief. (laughs) He's he's so funny to me. He's the best. Yeah, very innocent. I do have a Psyduck that evolves into Goldbrock, and I have the one. Nice. But Bulbasaur saves the day. He does save the day. With his Bulbabee? Or Bulbabai? Oh, right. Bulbabai. The, right, Bulbabai. the Yeah, the first instance, <laughs> first instance ever of the Bulbabai, or something. I think the Pokedex entry said. <laughs> oh, that was good stuff. It was a bit surprising to me that, that Bulbasaur was the one that oh, sure, suited sure. Togepi. Yeah. Speaking of Bulbasaur, I, just, I do like how Ash even got him. Like, his story in the show was kind of cool. Because it's that secret um, area that lady's taking care of injured Pokemon and He's kind of like the guardian of that area. But then she's like, he needs to know that he doesn't have to stay here to protect everybody, but he still wants to have a battle first to be caught. He's like, I want to go with you, but we're going to battle first. The integrity. Yeah. So he's got some honor. It's it's cool. That's why he's the best one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. (laughs) I forgot that he got Bulbasaur there. Yeah. So then, after they get Togepi to sleep, to the relief of everyone, we get... um, the the jerk squad which has um a pokemon we've never seen before in kanto doesn't it i have no idea that's two right is it two i can't remember snowball and meryl oh that's right meryl's there too yep, yep. i know there was raichu raichu and cubone yeah yep raichu cubone snubble and meryl is the gang pikachu I think. and Ra- like pikachu's at first like stop stop and then he gets like i forgot how but he gets so mad at raichu 
But it's I just I thought this was significant because like we had a vision of Ho'o. We know know who Ho'o is. We don't know its name or anything like that. Way back at the beginning, and the video games still like Gold and Silver still aren't out. But now we got glimpses of more Pokemon, uh, which with Snubble and Meryl, who we've never seen before in the show. Yeah, what was interesting is they introduced Snubble as a newly discovered Pokemon in Pikachu's vacation, but they did not introduce Meryl that way. That is interesting. So makes you wonder if there was maybe some intention behind that, or like thought to be. Yeah, it could have been. The Pokedex entry read-off of like a newly discovered Pokemon. I forgot about that. <laughs> but but that means, so like, we've had what four now with Togepi and ho and now these two. We have four Johto Pokemon showing up in, in Kanto. Yeah. And we'll have another one in the movie. I think Raichu was zapping or something, and Pikachu got zapped, and that's why he got yeah, Pikachu was trying to protect Togepi, and then Raichu, because Raichu's zapping everything, and Raichu zaps Pikachu, and he gets mad. <laughs> so, fight. Yep. So, yeah, they get into a big old disagreement, right? Mm-hmm. Over the whole situation, and I know they both, like, get blows in and are laughing at the other team, I guess, if you want to call it that. And one of them, is it Pikachu that's trying to, like, get everybody to be, like, at peace at first? Somebody was. Yeah, I think Pikachu. it was Pikachu. Was it Pikachu? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that make, I mean, it I makes sense. That. I said, oh, did you? Like, Sorry, stop, I missed stop. that. Sorry, I wasn't listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, what happens? Mm, Squirtle and Meryl see who can swim the fastest. Yeah, and Squirtle would have won too. But what happened? I forgot. Meryl cheated in some way. I don't think Meryl cheated. Meryl didn't cheat. But he got hit by like a. Another, like a magic carp or something, didn't he? Goldeen. Goldeen? Was it Goldeen? Yep. It slowed him down enough, because then he thinks he still makes it, but then we see he didn't make it <laughs> in time. Meryl was already there. Like eating ice cream or something. And Charizard just flew off to, at the beginning, just try to relax on his own. But I know at least one point he's sitting on that mountain, just chilling, and yep. they all end up running by there. Why do they run by there? I'm on his. Pikachu and Raichu are like running or something. Mm. Oh, with their cheeks like, yeah, against each like other. They're pushing up against each other. Are they stuck together? Is that what it was? No, I don't were, know if they were stuck. They were, they were just they were side were like, by side while they were running. They were trying oh, okay. to push each other and they were running. It's possible with all that static that they get stuck to each other. And then, <laughs> it looked a little goofy, that's what I thought. Maybe then, they didn't. And then they they went on Charizard's tail. Yep, oh, exactly. Yeah. That was that's where I was headed with that. Yeah, they run right over his tail, <laughs> which doesn't make him happy. So they do that, and I think above the mountain during that point, that's Meowth is there, isn't he? Yep. yep. With Ekans and coughing. Yep. No, he's not with Ekans and coughing. He was with, he's... like, other Pokemon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which, you know, actually, I didn't even think about this. This is interesting because at this point... Jesse and James actually have more Pokemon. Yeah, they, they have Vic, they have Victory Bell and Lickitung at this point. Yeah. So where were they? They probably snuck them in wherever that no Pokemon zone is. Almost <laughs> like how there's some places where you can't have any pets. Right. Yeah. Because Pokemon are their pets, basically. Basically, and and food. <laughs> but the yeah. weird thing is, they always compare them to actual animals, like in the show. Like... The rat type Pokemon. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> Except for like What's Pokemon Ross? like Onyx, he's like rocks or boulders. Yeah. He's not a animal. So 
I remember what happens to Meowth later. What is he doing at this point, though? They're just trying to relax. They're, and they're sleep. just trying to relax. Yeah. Nothing happens to him at this yeah, point. I don't think they're doing. They're involved. Okay, they're just Nothing witnessing happens. it at this point. Yeah, right. just, just letting us know that they're there. Yes, got it. So with Charizard after the tail, is that when he starts freaking out and flying around? Yep. Yeah. And tries to chase him down. And, he breaks and starts a breaking up a, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Until and, he gets his and head then stuck. He gets stuck <laughs> in like this pipe thing that like you can go like it goes straight and then goes up, and he starts blowing fire while he's trying to get out. And Meowth like quiet down, and then he looks down, and the fire just goes straight up and burns him. Yes, it does, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But while he's stuck there, of course, he's like trying to get out but he has those horns that are sleek so it's easy for his head to go in but he can't get it back out and i definitely know and understand the challenges of trying to help an animal like this because we have goats and they like to put their heads because their horns are slicked back and they put their heads through the fence <laughs> trying to get them back out is a pain in the butt i tell you <laughs> yeah because he was because what was charizard's intention right just to stop pikachu and raichu because they're no, bothering just, his relaxing. I think he was just going on a rampage at first. Yeah, he got a rampage. Because wasn't he? I thought he was chasing after them to stop them. He might have. At first. He, he might have started them. them. So they, and then was, yeah. yeah. And then they were running towards it or something, maybe. Oh, that and makes then. sense. Because, I mean, yeah, Charizard does, like, pick on. Like, he has a target, and that's who he fights. Yeah, not... I think he was still chasing Pikachu and Raichu. Okay. Mm, and in his attempts to chase after them, started running into. Yeah, that the, big like contraption, whatever yeah, it was that they were all like exercising through the air, and then crashed his head into the hole. Right. And then uh, they all have to work together, including with the, you know, group that they weren't getting along with, and help get Charizard free. And of course, you know, friendship well, wins overall. Cubone <laughs> originally didn't want to help, even though the rest of the mean mm. people essentially were helping. Stubborn Cubone. And, like, <clears throat> Pikachu kept going, like, Pika Pika, trying, sort of talking to Cubone or something like that. Sure. Yeah. And then eventually... Well, yeah, there was no words in this episode except for the very beginning and the very end. And a couple Pokedex entries. Oh, that's right, there was the Pokedex yeah. entries. But, yeah. And then eventually Cubone helps. Yeah, and of course, you know, all those Pokemon working together wasn't enough until... Literally all of them were working together. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a funny visual, too. You see giant Onyx and all these Pokemon. They're not able to do it, but as soon as little Cubone, that last 1%, joins in. Needs to be 100% to get it. That's right. Right. Yeah, and then Ash and Co. show back up, and we hear them, but we never see their faces or whatever. Just mm. like... The silhouette. The, well, we, I think we see some like their hands, their their. Cl- jackets on occasion yeah. maybe their feet or whatever oh yeah we never see their faces but we never see their faces which i think is an interesting decision to make in the making of these um like this like pikachu short because it's supposed to be like i think the idea is just like how pokemon like recognizes the people because um a few years ago i watched et again as an adult as opposed to you know growing up watching it all the time and i noticed that all the adults like at the beginning and all that stuff you only see from like the waist down basically they have like these close-up shots so like you know the bad guy by the jingly keys you don't even know what he looks like but just the jingly keys except for elliot's mom because of course children are familiar with their parents because it was the idea that it's from a kid's perspective yeah (laughs) you don't see what people are you don't pay attention to that part (laughs) so i think that's kind of what they were going with the the pokemon stuff here too with ash and them which i thought was interesting yeah well they did i did think they did a good job of 
explaining the story without words too because i think that yeah. when you're watching the show it can be easy to take for granted that you know you just expect the pokemon to understand what's going on or when they're just making their noise pika pika you right know, that you're right. just like well i think i know what pikachu was saying but then when you actually have to see them communicate with each other without hearing the words Maybe without anybody translating or well, anything me- me- meowth is also talking in this episode oh that's right he? meowth talks too he's like quiet okay. down so, okay there's a lot more words than i remember but still <laughs> there was a lot of communication and storytelling without them <laughs> but i mean like that's a definitely a storytelling thing that people have accomplished for years like i mean tom and jerry right they don't talk every once in a while you get the voice of the the lady that or not that's uh, i'm thinking Tweety Bird for that one. But still, there's just all the action and fun. Roadrunner and Wily e. Coyote, right? No words. You don't need them. Yeah. You can still tell a story without it. They don't say any words, but they do scream a lot. Like, ow! Well, sure. All right. Anything anybody else liked about the show or wanted to talk about or bring up? Nope. Nope. I don't think so. Then we will move on to the little prequel prologue for the movie. The origin or birth of Mewtwo, depending on where you've seen it and stuff. I think it's had both titles. <laughs> a um, sad story. It is sad. We get some backs. Well, so, like, first off, we have Dr. Fuji, which I think is interesting because there's a Mr. Fuji in the game. Do you remember Mr. Fuji? Frink? I don't. He is in Lavender Town. He's, well, he's, like, when they go to your house, or his house, I think he's not there, right? I think so. That's yeah, right. Yeah, because it's not until you finally can get up to the top of Pokemon Tower after you get the silph scope and stuff, and then he's up there and talks to you. Okay. Because he's the one who gives us the Poke Flute. Oh, sure. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. I do remember that. But yeah, he's yeah, Mr. Fuji. So we have a Dr. Fuji. And yeah, so we have Dr. Fuji and his gang of scientists exploring ancient ruins in what does look like it could be a South American location, which if you remember some of the research notes in the Pokemon Mansion on Cinnabar Island, they mentioned discovering Mew in South America somewhere. <laughs> Granted, Why South America? Because that's what they picked, and back then they still pretended that Pokemon existed in the real world-ish, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> we've we've little... moved away from that. but <laughs> We can touch on that a little bit more later. I got comments from the movie about that. Oh, okay. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things like that, because I know in future episodes there's a whole thing where they go to Hollywood. Oh, and then uh, Lieutenant Surge in the game, he's the lightning American. <laughs> so, like, there's a lot of references to America existing, yeah. at least. Real world. Yeah. Makes you wonder what they say, you know, in Japan, right? What, what are the, you know, are there different references? Possibly. That's a good good point. I think because Lieutenant Surge is, like, that military thing and everything, that, and we had military people out in Japan, for, like, I think that might be what they're referencing, but I don't know for sure. Now I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Want to look it up? <laughs> because the, in the movie, they did show, and that originally came out in Japan, that it was a South America place, so, I mean, that must still be... That must have been the way it was in the original version, too. It was referencing South America. Yeah. Is my guess. So they find an image of Mew, which, what do you call that all the time? Egyptian Mew. Egyptian Mew. Mew. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's not Egypt. And so, yeah, they see that, like, thing. I think we even see Mew floating around somewhere, don't we, in the jungle? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's outside the little window hole thing. Oh. Yeah, so they don't find Mew himself, but they find, like, evidence of Mew and must be able to get... You know, Mew cells or whatever. Wait, is Mew a girl or a boy? I don't know. We don't ask these questions. <laughs> is there only one Mew? That we see, at least. Like, the t- only one tiny. There's Mew too. Right. I mean, in Pokemon Go, 
I have at least two Mew, Mew because I have a Mew and a shiny Mew. <laughs> the voice of Mew and Mewtwo makes it seem like Mew is a girl and Mewtwo is a boy. But I, I mean, know. I could see that. I guess the Mew noise to me just made it sound like it was tiny and cute. Doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl. Yeah. I don't really care. Like a little kitten. So then we see them back at the labs working on um, their experiments and their creation. There's a lot of talk about how the experiments look like they're beginning to succeed, but they always ultimately fail. Like the previous experiments and stuff, they keep failing even when they look like they're going to work. And then we find out the reason Dr. Fuji has the funding to conduct these experiments is because Giovanni wants a superior clone of Mew. So he's funding the experiments that Dr. Fuji already wanted to be working on. And we learn that he wanted to be doing that because... We get some flashbacks to his history. His, he had a little girl who died, and so he was trying to clone her. Right. Mm. And what? how did that go for his relationship with his wife? Not very well. I think they got divorced or Yeah, she something. left him. Yeah. I mean, we don't, I, don't, I don't know if it ever says they speci- specifically got divorced, but you know that she left, and we see, like, his um, lab turn, like, run down, and he's obviously by himself kind of thing. So you know that, like, she's out of the picture. Yeah. Became obsessed with his work. Yep, he was obsessed with it, because he wanted his daughter back. So he ended up sacrificing even more of what he had going for him. So then we get a glimpse into the mind of young Mewtwo. He's a tiny little Mewtwo, right? So, yeah, then inside there, he's trying to figure out what is going on. Like, he has no idea. Like, he's basically just being bored, right? So he's, like, trying to figure out what anything is. And I think that's when the little girl shows up, right? Mm-hmm. And starts explaining things to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we also... Does she take them to the town first before the others show up, or is it the no, others show up? the others show up. Okay. And they play a little. So then, yeah, so then Bulbasaur and Charmander and Squirtle, the three starters, but with strange markings on them, I think. They had, like, lines and stuff. Yeah. Um, they all show up and hang out and play, and it's all good. And then she takes them to an image of her town that she grew up in, that she remembers, and explains more about who she is and where they came from and all this stuff and meanwhile i think in the labs they're seeing like the spikes they're hoping to see and like brain activity and stuff right um i don't think that they're seeing good things like they see muse thing spiking really high and it's bad so they have to put some medicine in there or something to make it stop (laughs) oh you think so they do do reset okay i don't remember i guess I know that, like, they were happy to see the life signs that they wanted, but they didn't want to get too excited because they've seen that before, and then it all drops and they die, or goes too high and they die, or whatever it is. And then, um, it seems like that's happening again, and we get the three starters disappearing first, and of course Mewtwo doesn't know what's going on. He's like, where are you going? And then the little girl says her goodbyes too, and disappears. And he's like, what are these? Yeah, when he's crying. Yeah, because yeah. he's not what tears are. Because he's asking what everything is. Yeah, because he's still too. learning. So while he's learning what life is, he also gets a uh, friendship and then auto- like tragedy within minutes. So you can understand why he might be angry. Well, and the girl didn't she say something kind of meaningful to him before she disappeared? She, something about the humans. She did. I I think I remember something along that because my thought was because I watched the movie first and I was thinking that what she says is a lesson that he learns more by the end of the movie because he obviously didn't really learn it very well at this point so i thought it was a well, little weird i think but i don't remember what it was she said he forgets everything what oh, does he forget everything uh-huh they, like, oh yeah that's him. why they put the medicine in there because he's crying and 
it's spiking up, and they put a medicine in there so oh, that he makes him lose his memory. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then he's just alone. Which means that the story is kind of pointless overall. Just tells us how he got where he was in, more, in other areas. <laughs> yeah, more of a story about the doctor. Really. Yeah, yeah, it would be more about his arc because, of course, he loses everything too. Because the spark that he was able to keep of his daughter also ends up going away by the end, mm-hmm. which is tragic. And then I think by the end of the episode, we skip ahead to like what happens in the movie a little bit, where he's waking up and they're all excited. Is that right? Yeah. Where he's grown. And that's pretty much that, but it's very sad, because Mewtwo goes through a lot of tragedy, and then supposedly forgets about it. Well, he's still, like, just essentially upset, like, he, there's still he, There's sadness. a lingering anger, he just doesn't understand where it comes from. Yeah. Gotcha. I was just sort of thinking about something where, like... That's actually cooler. No, they're no. all meeting <laughs> up and playing and stuff, almost like when you what you do at a birthday party, and then it's sort of his birthday because he's just being born. Yep. So very tragic, tragic for Dr. Fuji, and we now have some deep-seated anger inside of Mewtwo, which I guess then explains why he breaks out right away. Not that we needed an explanation for that, he was some clone monster, so a monster breaking out of a lab is, you know, typical sci-fi affair. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's kind of interesting is when they come back to Mewtwo in the real world, or the, all the other clones that were next to him are gone. Right. You know, to show, probably to suggest that they failed. Right. Right, and um, I think you probably assume that when they disappear in the that they, in the state that they were in was them taking them out of the canisters, right. you know, thinking the clones had failed. They did fail. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if you were trying to allude that the other ones in the movie were the same clones, which I don't think they are. No, I oh well, I was thinking then in the movie, Mewtwo succeeds. Oh right. You know, like he found whatever didn't work. But what's interesting is, I mean, we'll talk about it, but the ones in the movie had the same markings as the ones. Yes. Well, I think that, yeah, well, yeah we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So then we have Pokemon the movie. Well, I think it's, what, Pokemon the first movie, they call it, maybe? Yep. Or is it just the movie? No, I don't remember. I think, I think it is the first movie. I think it's a little subtext. And then, yeah, the then right after that, Mewtwo Strikes Back. So it's kind of a long title. Almost yeah. a Batman v Superman Donna Justice kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> a mouthful. <laughs> so yeah, we start the movie with that scene of the doctors all congratulating each other, right? Mm-hmm. And making Mewtwo. But then, of course, the glass starts cracking and explodes and he escapes. And the lab is explodey. Um, so in the original one, a ton of like these electrical claw things come down to make sure he stays and he, of course he just breaks them but in the evolution one it's just like four that tries to grab him is that in this scene or is that the other escape scene what in, in this one at I the beginning because he, just... he, he gets conscious mm-hmm. and then the doctors realize it he like breaks himself up because he's like I should be out there with them and then he communicates with the doctors. At oh, first, that's it's, right. It's, There's that communication. It's really tame at first, you know, and the doctors are kind of explaining, you know, who he is, where he came from, and he doesn't accept the fact that he was just created by mm. created by humans, you know, that this can't be who I am. Right. You know, and then it turns darker. He gets mad. Yeah. He explodes it, and he doesn't like humans, and then he Yeah, I know he explodes the away. building. Well, he doesn't fly away. He's still on that same island because then Giovanni's helicopter arrives with Giovanni and they yeah. talk over like the chasm 
and Giovanni basically talks him down. Oh, when he tries to escape from Giovanni. That's what I was thinking. No, it's in this first one where the oh. claws come down. Oh, okay. So the claws happen in this scene. There's like a ton of claws in this one, and then in Evolution, it's just like four. Interesting. <laughs> Must have been interesting for Giovanni because as soon as Mewtwo wakes up, the doctors are excited and they say, oh, let Giovanni know, you know, right. get a hold of his helicopter right away. You know, he's probably thinking that he's going to show up to something successful when really Mewtwo was angry. Honestly, I think in Giovanni's mind, he probably thought it was successful still. He got there, Mewtwo's there. He doesn't care about the doctors at this point. They succeeded at what they needed to do. He got his Mewtwo. True. And he even convinces Mewtwo to go work for him. Yeah, he he convinces him pretty easily. He convinces him to be partners. You are correct. (laughs) Partners. He convinces Mewtwo of that thought process while actually thinking that now I have my Pokemon. So then... We get, like, after that that talk, we he's convinced Mewtwo or whatever, and Mewtwo gets, like, the armor stuff, and he, Mewtwo even explains that, like, he knows what the armor does. Like, it suppresses his powers and stuff. I but that... Giovanni's just, like, it just channels its power. Right. Tricks him into I... thinking it helps him to control it. I once got this little toy, and at first I thought it was Mewtwo, but it had, like, this metal stuff on it, so I was so confused. Like, it looks almost like Mewtwo, but it's not. And then when I was watching movies again, I'm like, wait, the arm, it's just the armor from the movies. It's still Mewtwo. Right. Well, then you just started calling it Mewtwo from the future. Mewtwo from the future. <laughs> well, it was cool in Pokemon Go, they incorporated that, because you could catch a version of Mewtwo that looks normal, but then they also had armored Mewtwo. Oh, really? Raids that you could catch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. I missed those. I probably wasn't I playing during that period. Maybe, maybe I could trade you one. We'll see. Oh, okay. I need to learn After we become best friends, so it's cheaper. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so, so then, we, so after the explanation of the armor and stuff, I think that's where we get like the montage of scenes of how Mewtwo is being used for Giovanni. Mm-hmm. We see him battle like at the gym at, in Viridian City. That's with, like Gary. Uh, this before the Gary one, though. I think. I think we just get like him battling some no name person and i forget yeah. what pokemon he's using onyx i think yeah onyx. yeah and then we see him like help catch a bunch of tauros by just you know levitating them and all the team rocket guys just throwing their pokeballs at him <laughs> it's like why do you guys want a bunch of tauros like what what is this about they just want to be like ash yeah. you know about that episode <laughs> safari the safari zone. zone episode where he catches a bunch of tauros <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> yeah because uh, it was a band episode so it was all in Japanese when we watched it or whatever. But, like, he's got the safari balls just like you would have, right? Because those are the only ones you're allowed to use. And, and he keeps trying to catch other Pokemon. But so at, first, just Tauros. at first he does purposely catch a Tauros. Yes. And then... And then the like, well, we only see him try one other time where he's trying to There's else. another Pokemon, and he throws it at the Pokemon, and then the herd of Tauros run by, and he catches another Tauros. <laughs> but we know when he talks to Oak later that... All his safari bowls, so all th- 30 of them or whatever, are just Tauros. So obviously that kept happening. He found <laughs> the whole herd. And then they run over Dr. Oak or whatever his name Professor is. Oak. Professor Oak. So apparently Giovanni just wanted to be like Ash or something. I don't know. <laughs> just that one Tauros. Well, there was a bunch of them, not just one of them. <laughs> a bunch of Team Rocket, not just one. Oh, that's true. But they're, they're all catching it for Giovanni. I mean, that's what Jesse and James are supposedly trying to do is catch... Pokemon for him that he wants. Yeah, everything is for Giovanni. Right, because he's the leader. And then, yeah, after the Tauros, I think, is when we go back to the gym again, and this time we see, like, the back of Gary from his battle mm-hmm. from the episode Battle for the Badge. 
Um, then... Where he's using like his arc. Well, he uses two Pokemon at once against Mewtwo. Little Queen. And Arcanine, right? Is it Arcanine? Arcanine. Arcanine. I think I say Arcanine. Okay. It's I say Arcanine. I mean, obviously, it's taking the canine part, but yeah, you know, they always play with the pronunciation. Arcanine. It probably should be Arcanine. Doesn't matter. I say, I say Arcanine. Arcanine. Okay. <laughs> But then after that stuff, we have, like, we see Mewtwo back in, like, his holding area, I guess, with his armor. And he's having a conversation with Giovanni, and he's like, this is not right. I don't like this. We're not... And, of course, Giovanni's like, you're a Pokemon. You belong to people. This is how it is. Yep. And Mewtwo doesn't accept that. <laughs> so he breaks out. And we see him pop out the building, just like we see in that uh, anime episode. Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember how it tried to capture him. Because I feel like it did, or maybe it's just in the evolution one. Because his armor, his gloves almost like do this. And then, oh, that's right. They and they lock did. in. And then there's these big things, which will, I don't see how they would do that because they're like this instead of like this. Yeah, his armor is a little different in the evolution one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, acts more like restraints. Yeah, so like, because when he's trying to argue or break out, like he's like this, but then like it magnetizes basically so his sure. wrists come together and his, and his feet come together but he still breaks out because he's yeah. me too he's me too he, he can break out but then in that episode oh, the Pokemon at the OK Corral which again we see the Tauros again <laughs> um, the Poke Corral is that is that oh, did I say OK Corral? you said Pokemon at the OK Corral is what you said oh that's ridiculous <laughs> showdown at the Poke Corral thank you <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about but before we get to all that stuff, we see Team Rocket show up at Team Rocket headquarters, and we see Mewtwo shoot out the top of the building, yeah. shedding his armor and stuff. Yeah. So Which is cool. It's just cool to see some of the same scenes from the cartoon, and the, or, or very different points of view of the scenes in, in the movie. It's awesome when they do that. I just recently listened to that podcast episode where you're talking about the Poke Corral. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have never remembered <laughs> 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 Right. <laughs> So then I think like he he escapes after that speech. Do, the, then he lands somewhere and gives a little bit more dialogue, doesn't he? Basically explaining how he's. And then we get the, like after he finishes it, it gives us the title of Mewtwo Strikes Back. I think he lands on the island where the lab was. That could be because I think I remember. Oh no, he he lands on the he lands on New Island where he creates his new place. I thought that was where the lab was. Is it the same place? It could be. I think so. That would make sense. To go back where he knew and then where he was born, basically, and create his own... Well, it makes actually a lot of sense, because that's also where he creates the cloning facility, then. Which would be in the ruins of the old cloning facility. He just took, like, the pieces and stuff. Makes sense. Except Mewtwo instead of human. But yeah, he's not happy with humans at all. Yeah. And he, I don't know if he says it here or not, but he definitely isn't happy with the way Pokemon allow themselves to be controlled by humans. So he's mad at Pokemon, too. Yep. So then, yeah, then we get the, the cool, like, late 90s, early 2000s kind of logo that they think is super cool looking and now looks kind of cheesy of Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> but in, like, the um, Mewtwo Strikes Back evolution, it's, like, the words, like, almost how they're stamping them on. Mm-hmm. Probably looks a little better. And so then we finally catch up to our main characters, right? Ash and Brock and Misty. And Ash is Hungry, starving. right? Starving. Yeah. They're just always hungry. Can't barely move. Yeah, he can't can't move. <laughs> can't yeah. can't help with anything. No, he does help for a little bit, and he's like, I can't move another muscle. <laughs> right. 
Until... A trainer comes. Until a trainer like, comes. Are you Asher Pelton? Does that mean we can have a battle? And then he's like, sure, I can have a battle or whatever. Right. And Misty calls him out. It's like, I thought you were too tired. <laughs> Brock says, well, at least his progress. His mouth is working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, yeah. Then he gets into a really cool battle. And we get um, the Pokemon theme song. The whole song. Yeah. Not just the first verse, but both verses. Yep. And it's a different version of the song. And in Evolution, it's even another different version of the song, but it's still the, still the theme song. I so, like, we don't get the one from the anime cartoon. We get it redone. And then in Evolution, we get it redone again. I can't remember if this happened in the original one, but in Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution, um, like, Bulbasaur uses Vine Whip, and then the Pokemon that he was fighting turns into a ball, and, like, uses the vines as a ramp sort of mm, I, I think i remember what you're saying yep yeah and we get our another johto pokemon here in donna fan right that's the one that is right I think yep. so. which is an evolution of fan p i don't know how you... i say fan p but... all right that's what i usually say so yeah. but i didn't know <laughs> for sure but so we have more second gen pokemon showing up and so i was wondering if this guy must at least have traveled to Johto or something since he has one. I wonder, maybe he's the same owner of the Snubble and Meryl, too. Could be. Because we're on the same area. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, yeah, they have a really cool fight during the whole song, and I was just, I loved being able to hear the whole song for the, for the, for the battle. Yeah. And the fight is really just a way to let Ash show off. Well, sure. Right? For the, you know, Mewtwo spine. Yeah. Yeah, because once the battle is over and the guy's like devastated that he lost, we get um, a delivery, right, from Dragonite. Well, at first mm-hmm. I think he's at Mewtwo, and some mysterious person is with him. Um, are talking and like showing like during the battle there was a bird flying around with something on its neck, which was a camera was watching them. Oh, the Firo, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Forgot about that. And then he's a. Is it, and then she's like, "Do you, should I invite them to master as you command?" And then the bird, Deli bird, wait no, not Deli bird, um, Dragonite. Dragonite comes and delivers something. Yeah, because the Dragonite has like a like a messenger satchel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I got my little, little rock that is that thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, how do you know it was Mewtwo? We didn't see Mewtwo's face or anything. Yeah. And we didn't even hear anybody talk. You just hear the servant ask the question, and then it's silence. Yep. And then says, as you wish. That was, that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And I think part of that is, like, I don't think they intended to reveal Mewtwo and what he looked like at the beginning of the movie originally. And so you only get, like, the glimpse of his hand and stuff there. Because like, there was no real reason to this? keep it a secret at that point. But because of the delay in the episodes the episodes where he like he escapes from the headquarters and stuff those aired after the movie came out but they were supposed to come out before the movie came out (laughs) to help us explain where this pokemon comes from so we only see him in armor in the anime so you still don't get the full look and then the movie comes out and like he's making the commands and stuff like that so we don't see him until he like reveals himself once all the trainers are there his hand does this yeah but of course that was all changed so we get an explanation of where the heck this guy came from. Yep. One uh, interesting thing, uh, Wizards of the Coast made a special Pokemon card of Dragonite 
uh, being a delivery guy. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it's awesome. actually a pretty popular, pretty popular card. That's not too surprising, actually. So, yeah. I have a Dragonite I got from an event in Pokemon Go that has, like, like almost like steampunk goggles, I think, or something, and, like, a bow tie and stuff. I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> Dragonfight, Dragonite's fun to dress up. I always hated Dragonite, like, the way he looks, because Dratini is super cute. Dragonair is pretty cool looking, and then he turns into Dragonite. It doesn't, this color scheme doesn't make any sense or nothing. Way different. He <laughs> has arms, legs... Wings, everything. Well, everything. they sort of had the wings on their head when they're like Virginia. Yeah. They also, I think, when the movie was first released, they gave out ancient Mew cards. Mm. When you go to the movie, I've heard of it. I've definitely heard of ancient Mew cards. Yeah. I want so, an ancient a, Mew card. Just the picture yeah. that you see on the wall in the short. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get the little RS, uh, RSVP little card or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mark um, yes or no. Right. Well, I think in News 2 Strikes Back Evolution, it's like this hologram of the servant. And oh, that is first. Yeah, you're right. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Brock yeah. thinks she's... I think it's in both, yeah. And he makes yeah his Brock comments about her. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he also, it, does he mention that she looks um, familiar in the scene, too? I think he mentions that she looks familiar when, when they the see monster. that... Joy is missing. missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the big, well, at the it's big. it's actually I think it's when they first see her on the island that he says she looks familiar. And then well, I think on the island is when he puts the pieces together. He's like, "You're the Joy from wherever." Because I thought like, I thought he was just saying, "Oh, she's pretty." You know, like, "Can we watch that again? Rewind it." You know, he's making comments. <laughs> right, like right, that. right, right, right. And then, yeah, I mean, we we'll get to it, but you know, when they get to the ferry. Know, where they're told the fairies close and they show joy on the wall. Now maybe maybe he does in that. Yeah, scene he does. Say, He's like yeah, because I think I, I think she he does because it's like well of course she looks familiar. Yeah. She's joy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, like it's so like at a, first he's like she's pretty and then she's like and then he's like wait he she looks familiar. Yeah, right. Which is funny, like you said, like and they they obviously know what they're doing because every joy looks the same. Right. We can we can talk about that when we get to that scene. Sure. Because I thought that was well. The joys have different crosses on their hats or whatever. Yeah, usually the joys and throughout the anime have their their little hat. The color and changes. The officers, and officers, oh, officer yeah. Jennies have them different, different symbols shapes. on their hats. I always try to look at that when I see Officer Jenny. So yeah, we we got the the RSVP thing and the hologram lady who Brock was obsessed with. So then Dragonite flies off with the thing, right? But then it falls down into Team Rocket's hands. Yeah, Team Rocket stops Dragonite. Oh, they stop him. Yeah. With the pan. Flying yeah, pan. One. They use the frying pan? Yeah. Jesse, like st- Jesse's like, I have a... Dragonite with the pan. They're like this, and then it shows nothing about them stopping because it drops something, and they're like, what's this? Interesting. Because they wanted to know what he was doing with the ter- warps. Sure, sure. Warps. Because they're always wanting to know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the card tells them like anything. It just says yes or no. I know it's so dumb. Tell them anything. <laughs> well, I thought there was like something on the back. Um, maybe, but the card looked pretty generic <laughs> overall. But then, so yeah, with that information, they head off to the little harbor town place that they have to go to. Did it have a name? Uh, I'm not sure what it was, but what was interesting is they literally said they said this afternoon the ferry will leave. And it's like, so they had to have been, needed to have been close by 
wherever the town was that was going to take them to this new island to see the greatest sure. Pokemon trainer ever. But I don't know what the town was. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it had a name or not. It probably yeah. does. But I mean, they go through a lot of towns with names in the anime, despite those towns never existing in the game. But yeah. uh, And not all of them have um, color names like they're supposed to, because in Kanto games, they're all colors. Anyway, they get to this place. There's a storm brewing, so the ferry won't leave. They're all locked up in that building, basically, or holding it, literally locked, but... Like, a ton of people are there. Yeah, Jenny's telling them that they can't take the ferry, and of course, there's some other trainers there that we're obviously planning on going that are outspoken. I mean, I think a lot of the trainers are there for it, but the outspoken ones are the ones we'll see later. Yeah. And there was another lady there that I didn't recognize. Yeah, she was supposed to be, like, I don't know, the mayor? She's just in charge of the boats and the seas and Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, like the harbor master or something. Mm-hmm. That's right. And she's like, nope, nobody can, we're not letting anybody leave. And, they... and um, the police person. Officer Jenny? Officer Jenny's like, and if you try to use your Pokemon, you cannot heal them because um, Joy's, gone. Joy's not here. Yeah, Nurse Joy went missing months ago. I think it was weeks. weeks. I think it was a month. Two weeks ago. Two? Three? Two. Or, two. Or I think later on she says she was maybe. Hmm. Nonetheless. It wasn't, like, super long, but it was a decent it, uh, time. You know, to be missing. <laughs> it's more than just a couple days. Of course, the trainers are like, well, we're still going to go. And they all take their own different Pokemon to cross the sea. Uh, one, what do they all use? One uses a Gyarados? One yep. uses yep. Um, one a use... Pidgeot or something to fly over. Yeah, one is on a Dugong. Dugong. Yeah. But they okay. they did show before this, they showed that Mewtwo was the one that created the storm. Yeah, with this. Mm, right, with this twirly hand. Yeah. Yeah. But and during that scene is when they show Mew awakening. Mm. When he's making the storm, Mew wakes up in its bubble in a river somewhere. That's a lake. right. Is a lake? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, water anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so Mewtwo activates some powers and seems to connect with Mew then. Because, I mean, obviously they're connected. Yeah. And they, I don't think they show where Mew was, but it wasn't anywhere near where they are. It was like a more of a tropical type setting. When it comes Probably out South of water America. And it's, yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry. No. Um, okay, but then Ash wants to get over there too, but he doesn't, he, like he doesn't try to jump in with any of his Pokemon because none of them probably could do it. Yeah, one of them says they're not strong enough, right? So one of the, like, either Misty or Brock, someone says uh, our Pokemon aren't strong enough. I mean, Charizard would be, but you know that's not going to go well. (laughs) And then Team Rocket comes in this, like, Viking sort of thing, and they're like, we'll take you there. But in Evolution, they come in, like, um... A little boat that they have to use to paddle. It's like a Pokemon... Lapras, Lapras, it's Lapras where they all hop in and riding instead of like a Viking thing. Mm, that's right, and they wear like little sailor costumes. Yeah. Um, instead of the Viking costumes they're wearing. This and Jesse's hair was different instead of like this. Yes, they actually changed their hair for that one. And, uh, it's a rare occasion the, that they do that. One of Ash or Misty or Brock were surprised that there's still Vikings around. Yeah, this was one of the things that I wanted to specifically mm, talk. All right. About. Because you're right, yes. Like, Brock says, oh, I didn't know Vikings still existed. And then Ash says, they only live in Minnesota. Yep, I love that joke. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, this this almost takes you out of 
out of the world a little bit when you're watching it because it's it's like oh man there's no pokemon anywhere but somehow these regions exist on earth right and that's why right south america like you're talking about earlier and now we have minnesota so we're talking about minnesota (laughs) you know that they said the same thing in japan like i mean it would make sense because i don't know where else they would say because do you know do you understand the joke Ruby? Yeah. Vikings are a football team. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if you knew for sure. Because yeah. we don't really follow a lot of football around yeah, here. Yeah, they're a football team. I forget. Yep. Yeah. And they're from Minnesota. But That's the... I know the joke about my aunt being a traitor with the oh, Vikings. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, it is just interesting to think that they obviously made that conscious choice to say that the Pokemon regions exist on Earth. Right. And I don't... Honestly, I don't think... Well, so, like, with the South America stuff and the video game stuff, it seems to suggest, okay, yeah, we're doing that. But, like, as far as, like, the Minnesota joke, that was just because it was a joke that they could easily tell that would get some laughs, right? Like, be like, oh, yeah, people will find this funny if they understand. (laughs) Not necessarily to say, yes, we are in the real world. No, I I think most people probably would take it as a joke. Right. You know, we live in the area. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, that joke... um, that, it's really fun, especially when you are exactly in that area. <laughs> um, oh, I really liked how the little Viking ship also had the had Meowth's role for the Viking ship. I laughed. The, 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 <laughs> I laughed pretty good. He's <laughs> yeah. just still tied on, the on there. Of the boat. <laughs> like he doesn't even look carved, so it's not even no. really like. It's but like, Ash and them always fall for it, so. The only reason they'd have him there is they'd have to hide him, right? They couldn't have him be. Well, they would fall for it anyways if they just had them be they someone would do else in the boat. They so would. Oh, <laughs> uh, good not stuff. The smartest group. No, but the disguises don't last long. Nope the the trip doesn't last long on the boat either because the storm is way too violent for that little thing, and yeah, they all get washed out. And fortunately, they like Misty has star you and to help her get out of you know sail through that. Forget what Brock. How did Brock get? Because Ash has Squirtle. I think they all... Or did they all just grab Misty? I think Squirtle did jump out, too. Okay. They also used Squirtle, for sure. Brock and Misty got out of the water while Ash was still down there. Mm, He used Squirtle to get back up. That makes sense. And then they just kind of... And then they end up in, like, the eye of the storm, basically, where it's all around them, because they're at the island where it was created. (laughs) I think Ash used Squirtle and Brock and Misty just... Yeah, that makes sense. Both hang on to one of the star signs. Because Brock is weak to water because like he has his rock pokemon and then he got vulpix who's a fire pokemon so <laughs> well he does have a fighting type you that... know geodude <sighs> <laughs> so dumb and geodude then, is not a fighting type and then she gets a card of yes. geodude as yes. a fighting type yep <laughs> anyway oh, he does have a zubat though that is the one thing that is not weak to the water could have just flew in on that. Oh, yeah, that, that would have worked. <laughs> but they get on the island, and the servant lady shows up and leads them up into the main chamber, yeah, right? But when she shows up, like I mentioned, Brock recognizes her right away. Brock's like, aren't you Joy? Yes, that's right. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I've only ever so... lived here. Yeah, in her mind, she's yeah. yeah. that's the only thing she knows. Because Mewtwo is despicable with his mental brainwashing. He does give it back, though. <laughs> but they, um, so when they enter the main area, they find the other three trainers that got through, and we get introduced to their Pokemon teams, um, which was cool. I just thought it was really cool that they had their, that all had 
uh, six Pokemon. Yeah, and Mewtwo told them to take all their Pokemon out. That's right. Yes, that's why they have them sitting out. Um, as far as those teams go, did anybody have like a favorite team in there? Um, I'm trying to remember. I what think else. there was one water team, wasn't there, with a Vaporeon? It was mostly water. I don't think it was only water, but yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what all the teams were, but I think that was probably my favorite. I think there was a girl with a wiggly tuff and all that, and I think she was my favorite. Oh, the girl with wiggly tuff. I think she had some other Pokemon that I liked too. I can't quite remember. I also like that they had nicknames. I think one of, I think one of them might have had nine tails. Maybe not. I think you're right. Yes, they do because when Ash comes back up with all the Pokemon, there is a nine tails. <laughs> Yeah. Venusaur was your favorite team, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember. Was it Vine Vine or something like that? No, it's um something with Root. Oh, Root Root is what it was. He said it twice. No, Root. It? Uh, no, it's uh, it's Root Brute, I think. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, Brute. which is a little okay. bit more clever, and I liked it a lot, actually. I kind of liked his name. <laughs> and then Shellshocker. Shellshocker. Easy one for the Squirtle, or Blastoise. But... Like Shellshocker. But yeah, yeah, Root Brute, I think, is what it was. Which I I, I like the name. <laughs> um, also, the one was it the one? I think it might have been the one with Venusaur. His voice, the voice actor for that one, has definitely voiced other characters throughout. And I know from watching Orange Island stuff before. Um, Orange Island, they leave Brock for a while, and they have that other guy, Tracy. Is that his name? Tracy. The Pokemon yeah. watcher, yeah. the the sketch his name, guy. His yeah. name is Tracy. And it's his voice. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Isn't it also Todd Snap's voice? Is I don't think it's Todd Snap's voice. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think he had a different actor there. Just something I noticed. I'm like, hey, I know, I recognize your voice, man. Well, you point out that voice a few different times. Yeah, he shows up a couple times in the anime before Tracy. I'm sure you guys know this, but the person that does Ash's voice is a woman. Yes. What? Yeah, I well, I told you guys this once. I know, I know it surprised Ruby when I told her. Actually, your mom just found out not that long ago. I'm like, that's also a woman, just so you know. Because she was wondering if the actor had a cold during that episode or something. And we're like, no, that's what Ash always sounds like in those first few seasons before they changed the actor. Yep. Because it went, because four kids didn't get to keep doing it, so they lost all the actors that they had for that. Which was disappointing. Because some of them didn't want to quit doing it either. They liked voicing who they were voicing, and you know, they had jobs. Uh, they changed who was distributing it over here in America, so they ended up with a different company, so then different voice actors and stuff. Which is why James doesn't sound as fun as he used to. <laughs> I love James's voice. It's Brock so nice. and James were the same voice actor, weren't they? Did you know that? Brock and James are the same voice actor? I didn't know that. <laughs> what? It's hilarious. Because <laughs> they sound so different to a degree, but if you ever pay attention, every once in a while, like, Brock that says some stuff where he gets excited or whatever, it's like, James. <laughs> yeah. I had to listen for him. Um. It's sort of funny because um, that YouTube channel where it's Shiloh and Bros, they made this Pokemon sort of thing, and uh, the instead of Ash being one of the boys, it was Shiloh, which is a girl. Oh, sure. But she's the, the younger one, right? So, of the group. Mm-hmm, yeah. Sort of. Anyway, so we get introduced to all the other teams and the other trainers, and Mewtwo... Uh, then finally reveals himself along with his assistant, and that's around the same time where I think he finally releases her too. Yeah, that she served her purpose. Mm-hmm. Because now they're all there. 
And, of course, they all take offense to the idea that a Pokemon is supposed to be a Pokemon trainer. Yep. But they can't stand up to them. They try to throw their different Pokemon at them and get flung off. Immediately. Like Gyarados and stuff. Yep. Right on. Yeah, I think Something I noticed. Rhyhorn, maybe. One of them, but yeah. yeah. The original one with the stairs, it's just going in a circle, but in evolution it's almost like two staircases where it's almost like a dna yeah it looks like the dna symbol yep which is pretty cool there's a lot more of the dna imagery throughout even in the title for evolution they have the dna symbol somewhere in there (laughs) but um oh and team rocket during all this is snuck in too they they first come up and they're seeing everybody in the main chamber but they're like well we're not going that way so then they look and go through like a little sewer pipe type thing yeah make a joke they're like oh we can't go through there and tell me i'll have to turn into a catfish (laughs) yeah yeah, something like that (laughs) i also thought it was funny that meowth was so against the sewer thing after the whole grimy city (laughs) gringy what grungy city i don't remember what it was called but that city where they dealt with all those um grimers and mucks he was the one who was in the sewer and sending jesse and james into the muck there with with suits on sure but then of course that didn't work out (laughs) why didn't it work out again because something ended up clenching the pipe that put in the oxygen into their suits so that they didn't have to smell all the disgustingness as well. So they had no oxygen and they could smell everything while they're sitting down there. It was good times. Anyway. Uh, the Trutini episode where um, they do the same sort of thing except Jesse is on oh, top yeah. and she steps on the thing because she finds Trutini and then they scare it off because they couldn't breathe. Yep. But then... <laughs> While everybody's dealing with Mewtwo upstairs, Team Rocket finds the cloning chamber and uh It grabs Meowth. It grabs Meowth and takes some of his whiskers so they have so it has Meowth DNA and then it puts the silhouette on the screen and they're like, Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> so we got some references to that from the anime, which was a little fun. Because they do it again later on too. Who's that Pokemon? But then yeah, the, we see the clones come out and the way the clones device works is very interesting animation it seems very it's have you ever watched any like studio ghibli kind of films mm-hmm. like um my neighbor totoro and stuff like that yeah, I like my so totoro. a lot of those has this like you'll notice when they come out of the clones come out of the machines they just kind of like loop out like almost like it's a bubble of some kind yeah. that they just step out like it doesn't make this it's not very mechanical seeming very living organism they just... and that style is definitely found in a lot of those kinds of movies too so it's definitely a very japanese animation-y kind of thing like the at bo- least back then the bottoms are just turned to ooze and they sort of walked through it it was so yeah rosilla really didn't like it and she's like i much prefer the original uh, the, the normal way of the uh, remake version well, where that... the machines just kind of open and release them so yeah back upstairs before these clones get released we they end up challenging you two to a battle or something don't they yeah, Ash says something like, oh, we're not going to let you yeah, get away with this sure. or something. Because I think it was then, too, that Mewtwo kind of gave his speech about what his intentions were mm. to bring everyone there. Yep. You know, and his plan to kind of destroy the world and rid it of humans. And he even makes a comment, too, of ridding it of the Pokemon. because That they have because they're pathetic. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know, why would they let themselves be servants to humans? Pikachu and Mewtwo have a chat too, where they're like, "Pika, Pika, Pika," and he's like, "You want? You're not his um servant, sort of thing, but you're like his friend." And, and he's like, "You're pathetic." <laughs> <laughs> you're pathetic. 
pathetic. But of course, even Ash puts his body in danger, like he always does, to like catch Pikachu and help him out. And but Mewtwo hasn't quite picked up on the truth of that yet. Yep. Uh, and so then he's yeah, they're gonna pit their Pokemon against his clone Pokemon of Venusaur, Charizard, and Blastoise, which all have markings on them, kind of like the. Too. No, there was it's no. a clone. Nope. No, that's later. Eventually, uh, he he only has three the three starter clones with the strange markings, okay. which look just like the markings on the three starters in the Birth of Mewtwo, um, because they all put their so like you would think there would be a fourth one because there's technically four trainers. That, I mean, there's six trainers or yeah, six trainers total, but Misty and Brock really don't do anything there, and one of the three trainers that isn't Ash doesn't have one of the final evolution forms because. So that Ash can step in. So it's Ash, and then the one that has Shell Shocker, and the one that has Brute Root or Root Brute or whatever his name is. Yeah. The only reason Ash's Charizard fights is because he wants to prove he's better than the other Charizard. As he always wants to, yeah. yeah. But he's not the first one to go. It's first we have. So Blastoise. I think I think it was. So Sockle. I thought so. I think it was Venus. Venusaur oh yeah, first. Venusaur and then Blastoise. And, and then, then Shell Shocker. Yeah, and then, and Ash, then Charizard. Ash has something like mine doesn't have a nickname. Yes. Yeah. But I do have Charizard. Yeah, I like that. It's like, so nickname the men. I get why they probably don't, just so that the people that watch the Pokemon all the time will be like, I know what Pokemon that is. Yeah. That's why he doesn't name them. But still, I like the nicknames. So, yeah, but they all kind of, well, they lose pretty quick. Charizard puts a decent fight in there, but he also ends up losing. And they sort of go up, like, up. Yeah, they go flying for a bit. And Ash tries to give them some pointers of how to be more successful. It seems like... Well, I thought Charizard tried to listen a little. It seemed like he listened a little bit about that. Like, when he's like, you be make sure you're going fast. And yeah, Charizard seems to strength. acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I thought was cool. Like, oh, hey, maybe we're getting somewhere finally. He's he taking a little advice. Because Mewtwo does mention that, you know, your Charizard is poorly trained. Yes. Because he wasn't listening. For some of the other exactly. <laughs> yeah, Ash keeps getting called out on his poor training abilities. So Mewtwo wins pretty easily. Yep, and I think, is that when Mew shows up? Uh, not yet because no. or is it... that's when the rest of the clone oh that's when the clone thing happens yeah. that's right because the next thing is when Mewtwo says well I beat you so that means I get to catch your Pokemon right and they're like you can't catch our Pokemon they're our Pokemon but that doesn't matter he's these special black Pokeballs that start flying through and start yeah. catching all the Pokemon Ash tries to save two of his Pokemon he's like well you can't get them if they're in their Pokeballs so he catches yeah. them but it doesn't work they just, the, the other Pokeballs just zap the other things and pull them out <laughs> i think they took or no the they took it takes they a little took, pokeball yeah. you're right you're right because yeah. i remember later how it's so like black pokeballs look like they have eyes on them yeah mm. they have eyes like maybe that's eye. how they know where they're going and catch his eyes. maybe yep. yeah, i didn't it was, it was interesting because that that breaks all the rules of pokemon that mewtwo can do that you know because even in the games especially in the games but even in the show if someone you know owns a pokemon you know, you can't take it just by throwing another Pokeball at it, especially in the they games. They try sometimes. I mean, they're trying to... Yeah, in the games, if you try to throw a Pokeball at a trainer's Pokemon, it just... Have you ever played Pokemon Coliseum? Yes, I have. I mean, that's the whole plot of that game. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> We'll call that a one-off. <laughs> well, there's a sequel to that game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable that... Mewtwo could probably design a Pokeball that does break the rules. Like, it, it would be illegal, I'm sure, and they would be in trouble for it, but sure. it's probably technologically possible. Yeah. Well, and then Brock says, you know, like, 
forget about getting them in their Pokeballs. Just pick them up and run. You know, just get them out of there. Yeah. And then there's the whole sequence where Pikachu is, like, zapping them down and stuff, climbing up the stairs or ramp or whatever. And Ash is trying to catch up and help. Also, Misty Pitts took a pinhole pack pack. Mmm. Yep. Yeah, Togepi never has a Pokeball, I don't think. I feel like she tries to protect Psyduck. She does. Yeah. She, I remember that. She's like, oh, maybe she does care about this Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, but in the end, they all get caught. Yep, but when Pikachu gets caught, that's when Ash follows. Because they were all going down this pit or something. Yeah, they were being sucked down and into... So he just jumped down there. Yeah. Like a slide. Yeah, he, uh, he jumps down there. Does he jump... In the evolution one too, or does he just hang on to one of them and it carries him down that way? I thought there was okay. I don't remember. He just slides right into the okay. thing as he clues. Maybe he just holds on for a little bit when he's trying to keep Pikachu and then falls. Yeah, he oh, does. Like, Got he, it. He wants one of the Pokemon to. He wants to try to get him out so he grabs that. That makes sense. Okay, but yeah. So then, and then he tries to rescue Pikachu from the cloning machine. He gets inside there. And is grabbing him, and he's like, get mm-hmm. back. But they get all the stuff they need, and they clone all the Pokemon, including yeah. Pikachu. But what was really funny about that scene is <laughs> Ash sees that Team Rocket is standing right there, and he just turns to him and was like, I don't have time for your dumb model. To yes, right that's right. Oh, <laughs> that was right. Because back on the boat, too, I think when they revealed, they started saying their motto there, too, but it got interrupted. Yes. And so then this time, he's like, I don't have time for your dumb model. So they still don't get to say it. <laughs> Poor Team Rocket. <laughs> yeah. They're obsessed with that motto. <laughs> it's like a um, an addiction. They have to say it. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah. The Pokemon are all captured. They all start getting cloned up. And then, what? Something else is going on back upstairs. We kind of lose track of Ash for a little bit, I think. I think, is that when... Oh no, Mew doesn't show up Not yet. quite yet. Yeah. Oh, oh maybe it's when oh, the clones get released. And they start yeah. going upstairs. Yeah. And so then we see Mewtwo with his clone army. But then Ash, Ash gets it. all the rest of the, the original Pokemon back out. That's very really cool walking up. And they show up after a big explosion as they destroy the... Because they destroyed the cloning area. Yes. Psyduck trips and then other Pokemon walk on top of him. Oh, when Ash shows up? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a cool, like, epic moment where he comes in with the... the you know, after the explosion, he has the whole army of original Pokemon. And the animation there is a little kind of wonky, I think, when he shows up with his thing. It just, it stutters funny. I don't know. It's, it, I know they're trying to make it look cool, but it kind of loses a little bit of oomph. And it's actually, this is one of the moments where the remake evolution does it better. Uh, I bet. It looks a lot cooler in that, that scene. Because he comes like out of the smoke or whatever, and then it shows the rest of the Pokemon coming after him too. It's like, oh yeah, this is cool. This fight scene in in the original, especially, it it to me it got hard to know which was which, what was a clone, which wasn't, because the clones at this point, other than the original three, didn't have any markings on them. Right? What I was th- that about? I think some of them might have had markings. I don't think they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember seeing any because I remember watching them fight, and thinking, you know, how how are you supposed to know which one was which? Yeah, the only one that I know that I think they made sure to give it enough a somewhat of a distinction is I think the other Pikachu looks a little bit different just so that we know which one's the real Pikachu because he's the star, right? Yeah, certainly acted quite a bit different. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. definitely. Pikachu's like, like, you don't need to do this and then when the other clone Pikachu falls down 
and that Pikachu would lift him back up. And mm. um, when they were coming back out, so that he was flying in the sky. Hmm. Yep. Cool moment. Yeah. So then, yeah, we have the clones versus the regular Pokemon, and then I think in there that's when Mew probably shows up. Yeah, but don't forget the Psyduck fight. Right. Don't they just slap each I think other? They each slap each other once and then it's over. Oh no! Yeah, they slap and then they hold their heads. <laughs> I think it's just like, like a slap, 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 over, head over. Well, they're just getting themselves worked up. You know, it's going to be a devastating attack when they both have the major headaches oh, after yeah. that. <laughs> um. I know Ash gets thrown around a little bit by Mewtwo or something, yep. right? Well, he tries to go attack Mewtwo. So yeah, I mean, that was kind Physically. of his own fault. Yeah. Sort of. yeah. And and then and and it's after that. Then then Mew shows up. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So the Mewtwo and Mew create these little psychic bubbles around themselves, and they just kind of keep bouncing off each other. Yeah. <laughs> their their battle looks a little bit more dynamic and evolution. They're as well. way up in the sky. They are. But then, yeah, it looks like all the Pokemon are just like getting super weary fighting each other and collapsing yeah. and it's, it's tragic we get the music to make you feel which makes sense because how do you have you know two pokemon that are exactly equal fighting each other you know, well in mewtwo's mind they're not equal his are superior sure <laughs> um with meowth and the talking meowth and the other meowth um they both pull out their claws and then they're like those probably hurt and then they chit chat for a little bit and yeah. Okay, pretty nice. Then Joy, I don't remember what happens, but then we see that she's the real Joy, big surprise or whatever. And then she's talking about how Pokemon are not meant to fight this way. Well, th- that was hilarious to me because what she says is, you know, Pokemon are meant to fight. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a pause. Then she says this way, but like there's enough of a pause that you hear her say that. It's like, excuse me, Joy, I think that's the whole point of Pokemon. <laughs> Like, well, that's what's been happening every single episode to this point. I know that they're like, um, they'll not stop fighting until the two, like, leaders basically stop, which is Mew and Mewtwo. And then the Pikachu battle, I also thought was really interesting because Pikachu didn't fight back. No. All the other Pokemon were, like, fighting each other and wrestling each other and going back and forth. Well, I guess Meowth also didn't really. But, um, yeah, he has moments of speculation about how they're all the same and, you know. Whatever. More lovey-dovey, feely, cuddly stuff. <laughs> but yeah, Pikachu just keeps letting the other Pikachu slap him over and over again as it gets super tired, which is interesting. And then, yeah, then Mewtwo and Mew are going to have their final yeah, blast. Yeah, they start blast... We're about to start blasting at each other, and Ash just runs in between. Like, stop! Well, he went to go stop him from doing anything. Not really, I think, registering that he was going to get caught in the middle of the blast, but he does. And he turns into a statue. So what do you think about him turning into a statue? Yeah, you have that, some thoughts there? Yeah, that was... I mean, obviously you don't kill off the main character in a show like that, but what is it? What attacks would they, what attacks would they have been doing that would have turned him into stone? Right. You know, that's... So my, my theory there is that that was just to show that he died. I don't think he actually turned into a statue. Because like, they don't even show him like be all necessarily like statue form or like be able to be chipped or anything like that like he's i just don't think they were going to show actual death so that was the best way they could show death in a okay. kid's movie yeah. because if he was a statue pikachu's attempt to revive him don't make any sense because what does pikachu do he's starts shocking him. he keeps trying to shock him alive 
right? Give him, you know, just like you do with the paddles. Yeah, so <laughs> Pikachu's shocking him and crying, and then all the other Pokemon are like... Because I sat there analyzing for a bit, I'm like, a statue, that's so weird, and then Pikachu's trying to electrify him, I'm like, you can't electrify a statue, it's a statue. Yeah, it I thought that was weird It doesn't too. do anything. Granted, they break the rules of rock and electricity and ground all the time yeah. in the anime, but... I just assumed that in that moment, that was just Pikachu's way of... Grieving. Trying to get, yeah, like, get to him, you know? Yeah. I do love that moment, though, where Pikachu is, like, desperately trying to... Just like in movies where they're, like, trying to, like, beat the person's chest back alive and stuff. It's just emotional. It's like, oh, man, Pikachu really, like... Because Ash died. Yeah. (laughs) It was pretty significant. And, of course, Pikachu's actions towards Ash is what gets everybody else... All the other Pokemon moved as well. Right. And they said, oh... That's actually another important element that we skipped over is that lady, the harbor master, has that legend she talks about. About way back when there was a storm or something like that killed everybody, but then the Pikachu's tears, or Pikachu's, the Pokemon's tears revived everybody. So she already kind of laid the groundwork for Pokemon tears being magical. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, then we then we get and then all Pokemon the tears. Tra- Including, then... who also cried over this? Charizard. Charizard cried. Yeah, Charizard did cry. <laughs> the one that's always rebelling against Ash. And then other tears kept floating. Yeah. Ooh. And then, yeah, Ash woke back up, and it seemed to help Mewtwo learn his lesson. And not all people are bad. Right. And then Mewtwo made a big pill and did teleport them back to Pokemon Center. Yes, he yes. did. But this is also after making some comments about how he and his clones will remember as they fly off to wherever they're going to go. But then he's going to erase their memories, which is good. Like, I get it because it makes the anime flow more easily and stuff, but it's also good because Charizard continues to disobey and be a punk later, where it feels like he would have made some growth here, but that growth has now been erased, so I'm accepting of that. But what happens with the portal? Where do they end up? At the Pokemon Center. But when? When Ash got healed. Yeah, but when did they get there? Like, was it... Like, it's it's the same time when before they left. They're back before they ever went to the island. Yes. So they went back in time. So it was like Mewtwo brought them to the point where they were before even traveling to the island in the first place. So it wasn't just memory erasing, it was also time travel. And it had to have been... It had to have been time travel. Because all the other people that didn't try to go to the island weren't wondering what was going on. Right. They would have been like, you know, what happened? Well, because they even make the same comments, right? The lady starts saying the same thing about it being closed in the storm and Jenny and stuff. It just gets interrupted because now Joy's there. Yes. Yep. So Mewtwo had to have sent them back in time and erased their memory. Yeah. It seems to suggest to me that Joy might have even gone further back in time to before she even got captured in the first place because it doesn't seem like there was any kind of surprise that Joy was there. Except for us as an audience. Yeah. Exactly. So it it's it's interesting because the, the characters they feel that something happened, you know, because they you know they're a little yeah. confused, you know, and so like did Mewtwo not erase everything, you know, because you would think that they would have just been you know like oh all right well, you know we'll just keep going on about their day, but they did make a couple of comments where they kind of recognize like something feels a bit off. Sure. Well, so now now that you're saying that, this got me thinking. So we talked about the memory erasing of Mewtwo, but it didn't erase everything. He still had the feelings there. Yeah. 
So maybe what he did was some combination of the experiment with mixing it with his own powers that he has too, or maybe it seeped into his powers because they did it to his physical form back when he was still growing, that he was able to accomplish the same feat as that drug they used on him. So they erase the memories, but they still have some feeling. And they also have to wonder how come they're even at that location, since the reason they even went to that place was because of the letters from before. But Team Rocket is still on the island. So yeah, Team Rocket's still stuck on the island, which is interesting, so they didn't get put back anywhere. Yeah, I mean, if if time travel really is the mechanic that's used here, I mean, there's... There's a lot of holes, because they, they just talk about it like, oh, we're just going to erase your memory and put you back on the island, and all of a sudden, people are like, oh, yeah, we're back on the island. Sure. You know, just going about it like nothing happened, but like you said, there's so many elements. I mean, they would have had to have gone through that battle with the original trainer in the beginning, you know, and Furo would have never been there to see them. Mm-hmm. Dragonite would have never come to give them the letter. Team sure. Rocket would have never stopped Dragonite to learn that they had to go. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just this whole chain of events of... Of, you know, they would have had to have remembered something. Well, Team Rocket was still kind of separate. Oh, no, they weren't. They were up there during the battle, too. Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder if their whole, the whole memory of all Fero and Dragonite and everything was erased, and they were just put in a certain spot in time. Possibly. Uh, so, I, I can accept that Mewtwo had this ability to some extent, because Mew is supposed to have the DNA of all Pokemon, right? Celebi. Yeah, because Celebi is a time-traveling Pokemon, right? Yep. Yeah, so I could see the connection. If Mew has all of it, and Mewtwo comes from Mew, Mewtwo technically has all of it as well, to some extent, and probably can access Celebi's abilities there. Yeah, sure. I don't know enough about Celebi, but, like... Celebi's cool. I I, I absolutely can buy into that, you know, and it would explain... Some of it, at least. At least how you get to that part of the story. (laughs) And instead of the island looking like a rock... It's like has a ton of grass and flowers. And mm, stuff. Yeah, yeah, because the whole facility is gone too, isn't it? Yeah, it's all very interesting. Yeah, an interesting conclusion to the well, the movie. Or the other alternative could just be, you know, maybe Mewtwo just changed the perception of reality. You know, with mm. its psychic abilities, rather than time travel, it just kind of, you know, just made everyone believe what he that, wanted them to believe. Basically, time traveled everybody's minds back to where they were before everything happened. I could see that while de- yeah. while teleporting them back to that area. Yeah. That that could make sense actually. I could see that. I could buy into it. <laughs> um and then the storm suddenly breaks apart because Mewtwo's not doing it anymore and they go on the docks and Ash sees another well this time it's mythical instead of legendary but a, another pokemon up in the sky. Mew. Yep, it's Mew. Mm. Just like he saw Ho and of course once again nobody really buys into that he's seeing things yep. <laughs> or actually seeing things they just think he's quote unquote seeing things <laughs> delusional a couple other comments in evolution there's a point where I think it's the lady that talks about the legend she brings up Wingles and we see Wingles flying around uh, at one point and they're definitely in the end credits sing- sequence of evolution as well this is not in the original one because the original one Jota wasn't even out yet and Wingles are from Ruby and Sapphire, right? Third gen, right? Yeah, they're what? not second gen. Yeah, Wingle, I think they're third gen, the or maybe seagull, fourth gen even. The seagull type Pokemon, the with the blue. So, so they brought in some some further generation Pokemon into it because they could, because they had that information at this point. Yep. So I thought that was a little fun trivia. <laughs> but yeah, that is our coverage of the Pokemon stuff for this week. And 
Next week, we will be going into just a bunch of anime episodes as we get closer to the Indigo League tournament. So a lot of training. Well, Ash is supposed to be training, (laughs) but not actually training most of the time. There's a couple of instances where he does. All right, so yeah, next week we will be covering uh, episodes 70, 71, 72, 73, two Pikachu shorts, Christmas Night, and Kanga Games. Episode 74, 75 and 76 so those are make room for gloom lights camera quaction that's where they make a pokemon movie guess guess who stars in it psyduck (laughs) go west young meowth that's where we get meowth's backstory and how he an explanation of why he can talk and walk uh to master the unexpected the ancient puzzle of pokemopolis bad to the bone and all fired up, and all fired up is where they get up to the plateau. So it's right before the actual battles and stuff, which we'll cover in the episode after that. And so our next episode won't actually come out next week, because next week is Valentine's Day, and our family really enjoys the holiday. It's always a big deal for us, but also this year it's going to be a little bit bigger as we welcome another member into the family. So we will be taking a week off, and hopefully. Things will all go smoothly enough that we will be back again the following week with those episodes. So that just leaves, I think, our Pokemon card segment, yeah? Yeah. And I think this week we will just just go over the Pokemon we get instead of actually reading the stuff on there, since there's a bunch of us today. Alright, go ahead and smell them. Oh, it smells so good. I love the smell of these cards. I know. Yeah, it's like our our personal drug here. <laughs> oh, I've noticed. All right. Um, I feel like he should go first because he's a guest. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Well, let's start. Let our guest Frank Future go through his first. All right. So first we got a Larvesta, and then a Fungus, a Pidgey. Basic as you could get. Yep. Young Goose. Crabominable. <laughs> he is, but he's also fighting. I think. King Gambit. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Good name. Yes. Ooh, piggy. Oinkalone. <laughs> Meltan. Ooh. Is that your. That's just normal. Yeah, oh, there's your reverse hell. <laughs> the reverse is a. Uh, Squabet. Squabet. <laughs> And the rare is a trainer card, Gita. Yeah. Well, she's, yeah, okay. The Paldean, like, leader of the league or something. With a lightning energy. Nice. Or electric. Whatever. It all works. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Baba, you want to go? Okay. We got a Nacklai, Nipple, Shanks, a Lucky D. Yeah, Rookie uh, Rosella wants the rookie. I have the Evolve Rock. Get Fezzendo, Vigua, Lingo, Showpoke. And that's your reverse hollow, it looks like. Or is it? Oh, you have another one too. Pandan Taurus. I think I have a Pandan Taurus and it's fire. Tyranitar and a, and a Water Energy. Very nice. I like Tyranitar. Pokemon Go. Go ahead, Rosella. Okay, so my first Pokemon is Mankey, fighting type. Delibird, water type, even though it's supposed to be ice, I think. Because yeah, I think Delibird is a nice Pokemon. A Super Rod, Ooh. a trainer card. Love Disc. Love Disc? Yeah. Water Pokemon. 
Ooh, Pyroar. A fire type. Luxury. Oh, is your Pyroar male or female? It looks male because it has a Okay. Luxio. Electric. Oh, and somebody just got a Shinxton thing. A Luminous Energy. A Quaxly. A Jigglypuff. 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 Weevil. Oh, yeah. Weevil, I think. Weevil, Dark Type, and a Grass Basic Energy. Nice. Alright, did you want to go next, Ruby? Sure. My first Pokemon is a Dunsparce Normal Type, um, Noibat, which is a Dragon Type, Sprigatito, Grass Type, Quaxly, Ooh. which is a Water Type, Skip Bloom, which evolves from Hop Up, which is Grass Type, Dendra, which is a Trainer Card, P Palo Sand, evolves from Sandgast, um, Psychic Type, Lapami, and I think it's my Reverse Hollow, right? Mm-hmm. I have the Apollo. Ooh, what's this? Pyroar. Oh. Fire type, but it's like got. And it's the really full art cool. one, right? Give it to me. That's cool. I want that. Give it that to me. Might be an alternate art version, actually. Those are more rare, I think. Oh, okay. I want it's it. got a yellow star. I don't know what that means. I just need it. Give it to me. Give, a... it to me. Give it to me. I don't know enough about this. So if you look at the number. So the set has 193. This is a oh, secret rare. When yep. the number is higher than what the set number oh, is, that's right. it's, a, it's a, called a secret rare card. I want it. Nice. Yeah, I love the secret rare concept because it's like, oh, yeah, I see the numbers on my card. But, like, if especially if you get, like, an elite trainer box or whatever, it has a book that has everything in it. Yeah. So it's not really that secret. <laughs> it's a cool concept, but yes. it's not really a secret. Right. <laughs> All right, so I have Inky. I haven't finished. Oh, oh you haven't finished. Never mind, just kidding. Sir Ledge, which evolves from Charcadet. It's oh. a psychic type. I think I have both S of those. Ledge, I believe. Yeah. Like Charcadet, I believe, is a fire type. Yes, he is. But it evolves into psychic. Well, it can evolve into two different ways, depending. Like, I think Scarlet and Violet have different evolutions for it. Really? Yep. Because remember, there's Armor Rouge. That's also a Charcadet. Evolution. Oh, it's called fire. Interesting. It's cool. It's got a little shiny edge. It's rare. And then electric energy. Nice. Alright. I have Inke, dark. Toad School, fighting type. Hound Hour, dark. Ooh, Tad Bulb, uh, electric. Amoongus. Did somebody get a Fungus? Yep, I did. Yeah, okay, right. right on. I always love the, how they look like the Pokemon, the Pokeball the thing. Pokeball on yeah. the top, yeah. Ooh, Seismitoad. Evolves from Politoad, which evolves from a tadpole-looking thing, I think. Time... Timepole? I think it's Timepole. Yeah. Charmeleon. <laughs> that got... Rosella's attention is like... <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to want that Charmeleon. Ooh, Magnemite. Hmm? Reverse Hollow Magnemite. I like that picture, too. That's cool. Let me see. And then we got Cryogonal, also Hollow. Ooh, and once again, I get Entei. I've gotten, you what, three of them, though? You always get <laughs> That's a cool picture, though. Yeah. Let me see your Entei. Let me see your Entei. Yeah, I think, I've, I think I've gotten this Entei before, this specific type, too, so that's fun. And then a fighting energy. <laughs> I am apparently the Entei trainer. Yeah. All right. And that is all we have for you today, so... 
Rustroot Pokemon is a Hunter Field Institute production. You can listen to us. We are on Amazon and Apple and Spotify. Oh, and yeah, and then we're on YouTube on, at the uh, Hunterfield Institute channel. Rate, review, like, subscribe, all that jazz. Let us know that you're listening. Give us comments. We like to hear from you. And um, if you really want to get in touch, too, we have an email at hunterfieldmanor at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next round. Bye. This week we're starting a new segment that will be airing periodically. It will be an original story taking place in the Pokemon universe. Part 1. Sea Breeze. A cool breeze carries with it the scent of the salty sea. The first few rays of the rising sun cast an orange glow across the grassy fields that covered the distance between the sparkling waves and a small house. The wind caused the long blades of grass to bend and curl in a way that gave the field the appearance of being merely an extension of the wavy sea. The house rested atop a hill, and sitting near the building was a man who had called it home for the last eight years. Curled up against the man was a small creature with light-colored fur. It kicked out its hind legs a few times in its sleep. A soft smile dawned on the man's face as he pet his furry companion, knowing that it was quite early for either of them to be out of bed. The man simply wanted to take in as much as he could before he had to say goodbye to it all. As the sun rose higher, the man thought he had heard something behind him. He turned his head a little to see if he could hear anything else, and was just about to give up when the little Pokemon sleeping next to him twitched its long, pointed ear and looked up. Looking down at his companion, he gave a nod as if they were both thinking the same thing. "'She's coming,' he whispered. Standing up on all fours, the Pokemon waved its full tail excitedly and stared at the door to the house. As footsteps grew closer to the door, the creature wiggled with excitement, and the moment the door started to slide open, the pale-furred Pokemon let out a yip and leapt toward the unsuspecting girl. With a squeal, the girl fell backward and wrestled the Pokemon, giggling as she attempted to protect her face from getting licked. Okay, okay, stop, V. No, V, stop! The man grinned wide and got to his feet. He sent out a sharp whistle that caught the Pokemon's attention and then he jerked his head back over his shoulder and reached out one arm. Immediately, the pale Eevee rushed over, bound up the man's arm, gave the man's cheek a quick lick, and then rested upon his shoulder. Good morning, Violet. He stepped over to the girl and helped her back to her feet. Using a sleeve to wipe her face, she looked over at the rising sun and then back at the man and said, Why are you up so early? He shrugged. Couldn't sleep. Actually, I'm surprised you could. I'd think the excitement of starting your journey as a Pokemon trainer would have prevented it. The girl looked down as she dug a toe into the dirt. Well, I didn't think I could either, and was really trying hard to decide what Pokemon I would choose depending on my options. And I was sitting on the floor looking through different books, and then, well, I must have collapsed with exhaustion. Next thing I knew, I was waking up on the floor with a page stuck to my face. The man let out a hearty laugh and then nodded in understanding. (laughs) That is more of what I would have expected from my daughter. He wrapped an arm around Violet and gave her a squeeze while he turned and faced the sun that had now risen high enough to start returning much of the usual colors to the grass and sea. He took a deep breath of the salty air and said, Well, we have a few hours yet before we need to head into Cerulean. 
How about we start the day off with some French toast? The girl nodded, and the two of them, along with V, went inside to enjoy some breakfast. To be continued.